Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The scriptures for this weekend speak to us about the importance of a meal. Now it's interesting to think, many of the celebrations of life that we have take place in the context of a meal. Birthdays, graduations, weddings, a retirement party, even tailgating, as bizarre as it is, we eat a meal before we go into the stadium and watch the ball game. At the same time, the food that we eat symbolizes a special event. Say, for example, Thanksgiving. Most of us buy a turkey, cook it up, and eat it. Easter, it's ham. Well, for Christmas, it's usually based upon the tradition of the family. But they eat the same thing every year at Christmas to signify the event. Well, there's something special about a meal. Now, eating together not only signifies togetherness, but it also sustains and promotes togetherness in our families. Now, what I want to touch on is how a meal is special for two main reasons. First, a meal itself represents a celebration of life. And second, it brings family and friends together. Now, apply that to the Eucharist. The Eucharist is a sacred meal for us. We are called and invited by God he is the host. He prepares the meal for us. The meal is first and foremost a celebration of life, life that God gives us in this world, but better yet, the world to come, the world we are all tending to, which is heaven. And this is what God intended from the very beginning of creation. Now stop and think. The Eucharist is evocative of the sacred meal that God once shared with Adam and Eve before the fall of grace. In the story of creation, God gave Adam and Eve dominion over the entire garden, and in doing so, shared a sacred meal with them. And in doing so, it was a celebration of the life that God gave humanity and Adam and Eve. At the same time, humanity was brought together with God in friendship, with a right relationship. Now, after the fall of grace, God's mission was to restore that sacred meal once again. We see that with the Israelites in the story of Exodus. Before God liberates the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, he tells them that they have to eat a sacred meal the night before they are liberated. That meal is the Passover. And so the Israelites do that, and it's a celebration of life that the Israelites are brought also together to God. And in doing so, the Israelites receive their identity. Now, look at Jesus. Jesus, you can say, embodies the sacred meal from the very beginning of his life here in this world. He's born into a town named Bethlehem. In Hebrew, it means house of bread. And so the Eucharist plays a critical role in Jesus' life. And why isn't? That's why he 
insist on instituting the Eucharist, the Last Supper, at the very end of his life. And in doing so, while instituting the Last Supper and our first Mass, he now restores that sacred meal that God intended to share with us from the very beginning of creation. Every time we gather for Mass, we share a sacred meal with God, restored by Jesus Christ. The Eucharist is a meal that celebrates the life that God gives us in this world, but more importantly, the promise of the world to come, heaven. And at the same time, we gather, yes, as a parish, but more importantly, we gather with God in the Eucharist, in the sacred meal. We gather with God in friendship, in right relationship. Now, with that in mind, turn to the gospel. The gospel for this weekend is a great miracle of the multiplication of the loaves. This story really is a precursor of our Eucharist, the Mass. This miracle seemed to overwhelm the early first Christians. You know, this is the only miracle story that is found in all four of the Gospels. And so this must have been powerful for all four of the evangelists to include it in their Gospels. Now, this story also has fascinated theologians and scholars for centuries on end. As I mentioned, it's a precursor of our Mass, but also of the Last Supper. Now, notice how it begins. Jesus went up a mountain and sat down. Well, remember, we're reading from John's Gospel for this weekend, and John's Gospel is always rich in symbolism. No detail should ever be overlooked. In fact, the details are meticulously specific and filled with meaning. Now, mountains in sacred scripture are always associated with God. That's where you find God. I'll give you some examples. Abraham, he climbs Mount Moriah for the sacrifice of his son, Isaac, and God intervenes and stops. Moses, he encounters God on top of Mount Sinai in the form of a burning bush. Jesus, he climbs Mount Tabor and is miraculously transfigured before his apostles. And so, every time we gather for Mass, we climb that mountain ourselves. Every time we gather for Mass, we're on that mountain with God. We are gathered with God so that we can share that sacred meal. Now, the story continues. It's Jesus that seizes the initiative. He knows the crowd is hungry, not the apostles. And see, that's what God always does. He always seizes the initiative. Jesus, he seizes the initiative to celebrate the Last Supper and institute the Mass that we know today, and in doing so, restoring that sacred meal. But it doesn't stop there. You know, look at the story of creation. It's God that takes the initiative to create humanity. As it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Well, if we truly are made in the image and likeness of God, and we are, then God gives us the most important gift to help us grow. The gift that helps us grow our entire life into that image and likeness of God which is that sacred meal, the Eucharist. St. Catherine of Siena, she once said, Every time we eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus Christ, we gradually, little by little, throughout our entire life, we grow into that image and likeness of God. Furthermore, St. Catherine says, At the time in which we die and we go to heaven, when we stand in heaven before God, Jesus peers into our soul. 
and he sees a mirror image of himself. See, that's the transformative effect of the Eucharist that St. Catherine is trying to teach us. As I've said many times, never underestimate the transformative effect that sacred meal has on us. And so Jesus, he is the one that it's concerned. The people need to be fed. They're hungry. Now notice that other detail. He had them sit down and it says there's a great deal of grass. Now why does John include that little detail? And why is it so important? Well, remember, the place where Jesus is right now, it's a dry and arid place. It's a desert. There's very little vegetation, let alone grass. Remember last week's gospel. We hear that Jesus is our true shepherd. Remember Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. In green pastures, he leads me to rest. Well, Jesus now is evocative of that shepherd, leading the people to rest, and now he's going to feed them. Now, they find out that they only have a few loaves of bread and just a few fish, but they give everything that they have to Jesus. Well, we do the same thing. Every time we come for Mass, we offer ourselves over to God. What do I mean by that? Well, every time we come to Mass, on either Saturday night or Sunday, we are offering ourselves literally and spiritually over to God. Now, we come to Mass, but we could be doing other things. We could be sitting at home watching TV. We could be walking in a park. We could be walking around in a shopping mall. But we don't do those things. Instead, we come to Mass, to God. We offer ourselves over to God, even if it's just one hour. And we offer our heart, our mind, and our soul, our will and our intellect, our time and attention. And what does Jesus do? He takes it, he blesses it, and he multiplies it and gives us back to us. Now, we hear in the story that the people are fed. And yet, they're not fed just a little bit just to get by. No, they're completely filled up. They don't want any more food because they are completely full. Better yet, there's leftovers, a large amount of leftovers, 12 baskets full. See, Jesus does the same thing for us. You know, every time we come for Mass, we are hungry, spiritually hungry. And what does Jesus do? He fills us up. When we receive the Eucharist, that sacred meal, Jesus, he does fill us up. He fills us up with all of his grace and all of his blessings and all of his love and charity and compassion, such that we too are filled. We have had our fill. And that's why Jesus always does that every time we come to Mass. That's why it is so important for us to come to Mass every week. We leave Mass completely full spiritually so that we can now go out into this world and confidently live out our faith because of what we received. We have been spiritually nourished by God. We have had our fill. And yet each week we come back hungry again. And the beauty of it is Jesus is there again to fill us up spiritually with all of his blessings and all of his love and all of his compassion and charity. Friends, today the gospel reminds us our Mass is a sacred meal. God is the host. We are the guests. And at Mass, we celebrate life, the life that God gives us in this world as well as the promise of the world to come. And at the same time, the sacred meal, the Eucharist, it brings us together, together with God, in friendship, in right relationship, 
which is what God intended from the very beginning of creation. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.